Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Critical hit Punch All Nazis takes place in the early days of World War II and combines high adventure with cosmic horror. All dates, locations, and historical events are thrown out the window in order to create a fun story. So don't put too much thought into historical inaccuracies. All accents are done poorly, but with love, and no disrespect is intended. Last time on Critical Hit. Ah, Nicholas, welcome, welcome. How is your freshman year going? It, it, it went, it went fine, Doctor. It's been, it's been a couple of years since my freshman year. Elias, what are you doing here? There's the Doctor I really trying to. Helen Hawthorne. She's like, oh, we're gonna go do a thing, and you hear everybody giggling. <laughs> It should be really interesting and really fun. And then she looks at you again, Blisco. Maybe you'd like to come with us? I guess. It is evening, and you are all hanging out in your hotel room. Or rooms. Could be multiples. We established we had two of them. Yep. Yeah. Two yeah. rooms. I don't know if we remember who's where. Is it uh, Blisco and Doc and then... Uh, yep. Okay. Dutch and... Uh, no, I can't remember his name. He told us his name so many times. Nathan. No, Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Yes. We're hanging out in our rooms. We have agreed to return to the university in the morning, yeah? Um. Uh... Agreed yeah, to return, that, and then there was the party. Yeah, yeah, there's a party. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, Blis- Blisco's getting ready to go to his first fancy party, big city party. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Uh, we agreed to come back at some point. the The thing is, is like the the professor. What's his name, Doctor Doctor Armitage. Yeah, Dr. Armitage is only lucid for a certain amount of time. Right. If he doesn't take if, if he doesn't or get his nap. More lucid. Yeah. So where is yep. this party? We should go to the party. Yeah, we'll uh we'll make sure uh Blisco's decked out. Set him up with some dippity doo. Get him some spats and an arrow oh, collar. I don't know if he needs an umbrella. That may be too schmancy. Nah, he'll be okay with an umbrella. Get him a like a bow tie. Yeah. He what is everybody? What is everybody wearing? Um, uh, let us start with a description of uh, Bug Eater, since he's the one everybody's talking about. And uh, 
And uh, Rob, why don't you tell us what Bug Eater has decided to wear to the party? Uh, whatever his fanciest friend Carlos would tell him is appropriate. <laughs> did, you pack, like, did you pack? Did you pack fancy clothes? Probably not. Uh, Bug Eater is a very simple boy. Yeah, what does uh, he look like? Dark hair, stocky build, uh, average height. Clearly raised on a farm. Okay. All right. You got a hat on tonight. Uh, of course, he has yeah. a hat on tonight. Yes, okay. apparently I do. All right, uh, Valentino. What are what are you look like, and and what are you wearing to this party? Oh, Valentino uh, to his friends. Uh, Nathaniel Braxton is a guy who has some pretty sharp features, high cheekbones, piercing blue eyes, uh, blonde hair. Uh, he's Probably just uh, wearing some, uh, let's say, like a black turtleneck, uh, some light tan slacks, uh, some dress shoes. So they at least spent a little effort polishing up and maybe a jacket just to keep even warmer. Okay. All right. And then we have uh, Doc. What does Doc look like and what is he wearing? Uh, Doc, uh, you could call him Dr. Nikolaus Helias, but you'd be wrong. Uh, Doc is about 5'11", dark hair. Uh, he has made a point of trying to shave and put a little extra dippity-doo in his hair, but uh, he can get a little wild. Right now, his hair is done that slick back thing where it, like, parts in the middle, goes down to two sides, and you look like Harold Lloyd. Um, the Larry Fine, is that what it is? No, not the Larry Fine. He's an ah, ah, oh, you're your best friend. Okay, do you remember when Spider-Man was the great Gatsby's best friend? It's kind of that haircut. Um, but you also have to take into account he's not particularly tall. Uh, he is unexpectedly dark-skinned. I, I can never remember if I can say olive skin or not, so I'm going to say olive skin, and if it's inappropriate, someone him. You can say olive skin. You can't. It's Thank fine. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. What you can't so, say is what you can't say is swarthy. Okay. Well, I would never say uh, that. That's yeah, okay. I mean, you know, I think you can get away with swarthy. What you're not supposed to do, <laughs> yeah, is and the reason why olive skin comes up is because you're uh, it, it's a problem when writers equate the skin of people of color to food. To food, um, right. Yeah, because it's yeah. frequently, you know, people of color, and especially women of color, are exoticized as having, like, mocha-colored skin and oh, stuff like that. Caramel, yeah, I hate yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, so but olive skin is yeah. a specific thing. It means that you actually have some, like, it's, like, sort of, like, actually kind of, like, green or, like, specifically, like, a dark brown overtones to your skin, mm -hmm. uh, which is different from having, like, you know, like, peach skin or having, like, right. very light white skin. And from having, like, some people have reddish-brown skin. Olive right. skin is has, like, a darker, is, like, not as warm of a tone. And it's reasonable. It's perfectly fine to say somebody has olive skin. Perfect. I will keep that in mind. And the next time we have this discussion, 30% uh, of the people will go, didn't he say he'd remember that last time? And the other <laughs> 70 will go, have you been listening to this show for long? Um, <laughs> um uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Doc 
is not good with the uh, necessarily all of the social cues. And if you if you if you watch him, he's not an unpleasant looking man, but there's something about the darting of the eyes and the focusing of his eyes and maybe the width of his eyes that could be a little off putting. Um, I think he's probably wearing something dark. I figure it's 1939, so there's still like a tie, but it's like yeah. a, a nighttime tie. Is there like a, an evening cravat or something that you would wear to like a a less uh, formal sort of thing? Uh, but yeah, it's. I a, mean, it's you're a, the one that wants to dress for the party, so. Well, yeah, it's How like do you a, want a dress. It's a blackish suit with a nighttime tie. It's an evening look. Uh, by uh, Christian Louboutin or something. Actually, no. Although, no. Uh, he's got he's got shoes on his feet and a face on his head and an elbow halfway up his arm, and that's how Doc looks. Great. Uh, and now we come to Carlos. Carlos, what are what do you look like, and how are you dressed? Uh, Carlos is uh, about five. I don't know if I've ever given him an actual high foot. 5'10", 5'11", probably. Uh, also has olive skin. Um, but, like, a little bit on the light side. Um, he has hazel eyes. Dark hair that he keeps at a length that makes it easy to slick back, which is usually how he keeps it. Uh, he's very put together most of the time. And is one of those people that even when he is like not put together, he's still put together. Um, so, you know, if he's ever like working on something, then his, uh, you know, his sleeves have been rolled back and his tie has been loosened, but like to a degree where it still looks good. Um, today, he is going to try to not. Uh, call too much attention to himself. So he's going to wear uh, some nice slacks, nice shoes, and a, um, a button-up shirt with a, we'll say a gray tie and a gray wool sport coat. Very nice. Very um, nice. And uh, a matching hat. Okay. All right. You head out into the night and it is, uh, you know, still December. It is quiet. There's snow on the ground. The air is crisp. The sky is clear. You can see the stars shining in the air and you start heading off towards the address that, uh, Helen Hawthorne gave to bug eater, um, earlier in the day. Uh, you walk down the, the streets towards campus and you can see that, as you get into the college town, the quote unquote college town part of the city that you start to see rows of fraternity houses and sorority houses. And uh, these are, you know, ancient houses. They almost many of them look almost as old as the buildings that you see at Miskatonic University. Uh, Gothic arches. What do you call them? It's like a spiked fence that runs around the top of the of the of the roof. Uh, you can wow. see those and some of the uh, buildings have lights on and you can hear noise from inside. Others are very quiet because it is the holiday uh, season. And then finally you get to something that almost stands out, not in its, uh, not in the fact that it's in the same architecture as 
every other house on the street, but this one feels run down. It mm-hmm. feels dirty. It there's something about this house is a little bit weird, but there's a light on in every window and you can hear music and laughter and lots of, of, uh, conversations that are going on. And you are at the address, the frat house, the, uh, want to tap a keg, uh, frat house <laughs> at Miskatonic university. Mm. That description of a frat house was a little too familiar. I mean, you're familiar with this this building. I mean, you went to Miskatonic oh, yeah. University. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows what fraternities were extant in the thirties? Yep. yep. Um, yeah, Dutch will stop at the you know when they figure out what building it is. Mm-hmm. Look around a little bit. Um, see if there's any like. If there's anybody like on the streets as well, or if everybody's like gone off to bed, and uh, if there's nobody else around, he'll go in. Yeah, sure. It's it's you know there's all people that are coming in and out of the house. The nice thing, even though the there's a lot of snow on the ground, the sidewalk and the steps are cleared of snow, so it's not like you're having to traipse through that uh, through that mess to get up to to the fraternity house. The trees and the bushes surrounding the house do look like they could use a good trim. Uh, they look like they haven't had any kind of groundskeeping or anything in a while. So you get these weird angled branches that poke out uh, across the yard. Some of them look like they're, you know, scraping up against the edge of the, the siding or even getting precariously close to poking through a window if one was open. So it's kind of, I don't want to say cluttered, but it everything feels close. Yeah. Okay. The doors open and you walk inside and this fraternity house is just a hive of activity. Uh, you can hear music, uh, not jazz music, but you hear a lot of like uh, boogie woogie music uh, playing. Uh, some people are dancing in one room, a lot of laughter, groups of students that are clustered together. You see uh, all sorts of, of groups represented. You see people wearing uh, sweater vests. You see people wearing jackets. Uh, you see uh, athletes wearing their letter jackets with a big MU on it. Uh, everybody seems to be having a grand time, and they all appear to be drinking a, uh, we'll call it punch. They all appear <laughs> to be drinking punch. As the four of you enter the room, everybody kind of stops and looks at you for a moment, scanning you up and down, and then they go back to uh, their activities. One young woman comes running up to you, uh, Blisco. You recognize her as Helen Hawthorne, the one that you met at campus earlier today. Oh, hello. I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad you made it. Welcome, welcome. Oh, you brought your friends too. This is great. And she grabs your hand. And she pulls you deeper into the building to an area that has the table that has some snacks and uh, the big bowl of punch. You're going to have to try this punch. It's to die for. It's so good. And you can tell that she is um, not as maybe she's a little wobblier than than you remember her from earlier in the day. Yeah, maybe just a little bit. Uh, why don't you, uh, uh, Doc, why don't you roll 
a, um, what do we do? Insight plus observation. Is that what I need mm. you to roll? I think that's what could I could be. Or would this be medicine? Because remember, uh, no insight and, and uh, not a physician. Yeah. Insight and observation D one. Okay. Hang on. I'm listening to the music from the other room. Yeah. Oh no. The music. I mean, the music just fills the house and, um, you know, <sighs> there's lots of noise. Hang on. All right. So which one is the greater than and which one is the, I have to make the little else with my fingers you want the one above the comma the one above the comma well the problem is i'm using a tablet right now that i don't normally use that makes this significantly harder to guide you right (laughs) but it it points to the left the little mouth is eating the bigger number so if you want it to be less than then right. the little mouth has to be eating the number that you're setting and not the die. Yeah, uh, that's how I was al- always remember it is think of the, the arrows as alligator mouths and the alligator is always eating the big number regardless. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so, Or in so. this case, it's the Shoggoth is always eating yeah. the bigger number. Uh, see, that right. gets complicated because Shoggoths have multiple mouths. Well, that's true. <laughs> How's that? Zero, su- oh, uh, two successes. Um, you did that wrong. I did that. Um, yes, your but, mouth uh, is pointing towards the the wrong number. <laughs> you have two successes, well, wait, which no. is fine. That, it, it's eating numbers bigger than fourteen, right? No, no. you want fourteen, uh, 14 would number. be the biggest number, so you want the mouth to eat oh. it. I can I can tell that this simile did not work. We'll go back to the lab. Yes. <laughs> you know, all right. I'm you would get uh, two successes. Mm-hmm. You got a one. Uh, so you guys get one momentum in addition to that. And okay. yeah, you can tell that Helen Hawthorne, and in fact, many of the people at this party are a little inebriated. Uh, oh. If you peer over the edge of the table, you can see any number of empty liquor bottles on the floor behind the table, behind the punch bowl. And mm-hmm. yeah, this is going to be one of those kind of parties. Are we, we're old enough to drink, right? Aren't we? I yeah. mean, yeah. Well, I mean, how old are we? We're like 21, 22, right? Yeah. Yeah. The drinking age. Oh, though, right. It's like, 1939. The drinking age is 14. I forgot. Yeah. Actually, how old is the Lincoln? Is there a legal drinking age in 1939? Prohibition at the end of the 30s is, I think, what bumps oh, it up wow. to 21. Yeah. After the 21st Amendment passed in December 1933, most set their legal minimum drinking age at 21. The limit remained consistent until the late 1960s and 70s. During this time, numerous states lowered the minimum drinking age to 18. Good thing is, in this world, Massachusetts did not set the minimum drinking age to 21. They indeed set it to 16. Good. Let no one say fictional Massachusettsians are squares. Yeah. (laughs) The governor of uh, Massachusetts came out. These people, these Puritans know how to party. Well, you don't want to go in there. No. Okay. So how was the rest of your day, Blisco? All right. Yours? Oh, it was good. I, I, you know, borrowed this dress from, from Betty. What do you think? And she gives you, gives it a spin for you. And it, you know, it fluffs out. She's got some nice little penny loafers on. Maybe not penny loafers, saddle shoes. She's wearing saddle shoes. And she's got a nice matching ribbon in her hair with her green dress. 
Uh, Blisco will have a bit of an ooh before it's like, it looks good. Oh, thank you. And you look nice too. This party is just, it's so happening. It sure is. Here, and she hands you a, a, a glass of, of punch. Uh, sip at it a little bit. It tastes like fruit punch with a weird taste on the backside. A strong God. alcohol taste on the ba- backside. Oh, man. Doc, mm. when you looked over the edge of the edge of the table, it's like, mm-hmm. what alcohol is it? It's all the alcohols. <laughs> ah, one of those punches. Yeah. I had a couple of and those. 15 different people spiked it with 15 different things. Yeah. So Blisco is is chatting up Helen. What are the rest of you doing? Uh, hmm. Dutch will see if any of those bottles still have anything in them. They look if, pretty much empty. Okay. Then he'll have a little bit of the punch. Ooh, boy. And yeah, definitely, definitely a sipping punch. It definitely um, is a sipping punch. Yeah. So the sipping punch would be so much better if it didn't have a weird spice taste to it. And if there were any other ice cubes that you could put in the glass. Yeah. So, um, he will find a place to sit. Okay. Like if there's a couch or yeah, there's a, a there's chair a or something. Nearby. Yeah, there's a he'll, couch nearby. He'll park himself at the couch and then he'll try to keep an eye on uh, Bug Eater, but uh, Dutch's party style is to just let the ha- like let the party happen to him. Okay. And then see where things go. When you sat down at the couch, there were two girls engaged in conversation uh, with each other. Uh, the one you sit on, you know, one end and there's a girl in the middle and the girl on the far side, the girl in the middle turns to you and she has dark, dark hair, very pale skin, dark, dark eyes, and just this lipstick that makes her lips just stand out as almost blood red as she looks at you. And she is like, well, I haven't seen you here before. Oh, I'm uh, just passing through. We're uh, friends of Helen's. Oh, Helen. She looks over at Helen. Oh, she's talking with one of them. Ugh. And she kind of flicks her hair. You don't look like uh, uh, you belong in this uh, city. Oh, no? What do people from this city look like? Like Helen. <laughs> yeah. And then we're... the girl next to her is like, oh, you're so mean. And then she goes, yes, Candace. I'm so mean. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, uh, we're passing through. We, we've graduated, but we're still doing the academic thing. So we're here on academic yeah. business. But Helen was kind enough to uh, tell us where the party was. I'm oh, Dutch. Oh, I'm, I'm Ellen. Ellen Carter. All right, not Ellen. Evelyn. I'm Evelyn Carter. Okay. And, and the other girl leans out and goes... <coughs> And I'm Candace, and she shakes your hand as well. Yeah. And do you engage in any other conversation with them, or do you let them kind of... Sure. I mean, if if they want to talk to me, that's fine. If they want to turn back around and talk to each other, that's fine. But yeah, Dutch is is easy company. Okay. They make a little small talk with you, but then eventually go back to some kind of 
gossip that they're doing with some giggling as well. Doc, sure. what are what are you doing? I am trying to stay out of the lines of dancing fire. So if there are like people moving, I'm going to try and stay to the sidelines. And uh, recalling the last time I had uh, a little too much to drink, I think I might avoid the punch. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to see if if somewhere there might be a soft drink or maybe just some water or something that I can have in a cup. Yeah, there's there's some water. And I mean, if you know, if somebody cute happens to be sitting awkwardly by the side, not sure whether or not she should talk to somebody. I mean, you know, you take a you take a drink of the water, and mm, boy, this sure does taste like they added lots of alcohol to it. <laughs> <laughs> they spiked my water. Yeah, that's mean. At that uh, moment, there's two very big and dark shadows that fall across you. Mm-hmm. You you look and see two burly guys with bowl haircuts and <sighs> big noses. Uh, they may not look like the smartest or the sharpest uh, tacks mm-hmm. in the box. And they're both wearing letter jackets, MU letter jackets with a little football uh, pin placed on each mm. one of them. And they look down at you and go, what's up, bro? What are you doing here? I don't think I've seen you on campus before. Well, that's probably for the best. Uh, yeah. Look at look at his hair. <laughs> and he just punches the other guy in the arms like, ow, Zach, that hurts. Is there something I can do for you, fellas? Uh, we just were wondering what you're uh, doing at this party. You know, there's uh, a lot more guys and girls, you know. And Jackson and I, we plan on uh, taking a couple of these girls home with us tonight. <laughs> yeah, a couple of the girls. <laughs> well, all right. Don't let me stand in your way there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, but, uh probably be a good idea if you uh try to check out early you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah you know what he means shut up jackson no you shut up zach yeah no what do you mean no bro i mean no <sighs> it's a good thing that our captain is here because what I want to do you do right now will get me kicked off the football team, but it's only because Herbert Handy, our captain of the football team, is here that I just don't pound you into a little grease spot right now. <laughs> yeah, doesn't pound you into a grease spot. <laughs> Shut up, Jackson. And I look at him, and I look at him, and I'm like, Jush. Yeah. Uh, what'd you do? Punch him, or what are you doing? Just looking at him. Just oh, look him okay. in the eyes. Giving him the crazy to, eyes. Are you? And I'm going to call him a gabamoosh. Are you okay? So um, we can do a persuasion plus <laughs> will. <laughs> this will be a D two, but for you, it's a D three. Yeah, no. I'm not good at persuasion. Yeah, which is why you need to roll a persuasion uh, plus uh, plus will <laughs> D three. Uh, you're, you're a bad person and you should feel bad. Where did my character sheet? Ah, here we are. Persuasion, you'll say. Oh, well, that's not. Yeah, no. bad. I mean, it's a zero. 
I get a plus right? one for Will, though, right? You don't get a bonus to that. What Will gives yeah. you a bonus for is like your mental armor stuff. Yeah. Okay. But your that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, the D three. You have uh, one momentum in the uh, in the pot. Yeah, I had to use the momentum. Okay. And zero successes and a complication. No, no, zero com- oh. successes and a complication. Hey, listen, I don't think I like your attitude, brah. When you come to one of you uh, you need to uh, follow our rules. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is a good idea. And he kind of, uh, Zachary kind of gives you a little shove and you fall back into the chair and kind of, chair kind of collapses underneath you this isn't the best furniture in the in the world suddenly everything gets really quiet you just hear the music playing and everyone looks to see what's going on and it looks like there's a fight about to break out mm. but fortunately another uh, very good looking man comes wandering over and he's like zach jack what are you two doing uh, this guy was just uh, causing a little bit of trouble, uh, Herbert. Uh, we didn't we didn't mean anything about it. He's the one that started it. Yeah, yeah, he's the one that started it. Uh, ah, you two are on my last nerve. If you two don't straighten up and get the heck out of here right now, I'm going to talk to the coach. Oh, hey, you don't want to talk. You don't want to talk to the coach. Uh, yeah, yeah, you don't want to talk to the coach. We, we, we'll be going. We'll, we'll go upstairs. We'll go upstairs. Yeah, yeah, we'll go upstairs. Uh, and then they they wander off. But Herbert. A uh, very striking man. He's got to be six foot at least. He is he is packedly tight, full of muscles. He's got the 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 teeth that when he smiles, they're perfect. He's got blue eyes and he's got his blonde hair quaffed in such a way that uh, as he strides across the room, uh, other people notice that everybody just kind of stopped and looked at him as he walked across. Some of the girls you could hear go. Ah. <laughs> Herbert reaches his hand down. Hey, I'm sorry about these guys. They can uh, get a little out of control. They've taken one too many hits to the head, if you know what I mean. And he reaches his hand out to help you up. I'll take his hand. He pulls you up. Uh, Herbert, Herbert Handy. People call me Herb. Uh, Helias. Uh, Nicholas Helias. People call me Doc. Oh, uh, okay. You you go to uh, Miskatonic U? I have gone to Miskatonic U, yes. Not currently. Uh, I think I, I'm what you call a a legacy, an alumni. I, I don't know. Uh, somebody spiked my water. No, man. And he turns around and he sees Jackson snickering as they're both headed up the stairs. These guys will do anything to get everybody drunk at this party. And he takes the glass of water from you and he hands you a soda pop. Ah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, but you got to watch out for some of the other players. Uh, they can get a little rowdy, especially this time of year. There's not much going on. And now that the football season's over, they kind of want to take their aggressions out on anybody they can find. Oh, I know the type. I definitely know the type. I run into a few of the Pithikos in my time. So, huh? I, sorry, uh, uh, slang term, big apes. <laughs> oh, Okay. And he just kind of gives you a look and pats you on the shoulder and wanders away. And at that moment, the everybody kind of resumes their activities. And he, uh, Herbert, wanders back across the room and he passes you, Valentino. And he's, hey, how's it going? Going all right. 
Good, good. I haven't seen you here before. Uh, I'm with him. Uh, and you're indicating Doc? Doc, yeah. Ah, the alumni. Are you alumni here as well? Nah, just here on uh, academic pursuits. Oh, okay. Very good. What are you studying? Esoteric knowledge. Nice, nice. I've done a little bit of that kind of study myself. I know what you're what you're talking about. And he reaches out, shakes your hand. I'm Herbert. You can call me Herb. Ah, uh, they call me Valentino. Oh yeah, I can see the resemblance. And he's holding onto your hand probably a little bit longer than a normal handshake would be. You're having a good time here, huh? Yeah, just enjoying the atmosphere. Good, 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 good. Well, um, I'm going to go back and take care of some business back in the kitchen, but um, if you need anything, just come find me. Yeah, if I should need anything. Okay, great. And he goes wandering off into what looks like the kitchen area. At which point you hear a bunch of commotion upstairs and you hear some of the girls that have been downstairs, including Evelyn and Candace and Helen. Uh, they all start giggling and they rush upstairs. Helen is like, come on, come on, let's go. Come on, come on. This is going to be great. Okay. Does anyone else want to follow upstairs to see what all the commotion is about? Sure. If okay. there's a bucket of pig blood, I'm out. <laughs> okay. So everybody goes upstairs and in what looks to be like a study room, all of the tables have been pushed up against the walls. And in the middle of the room, there is a big circle with a star in the middle. And lying on the floor in the middle of this is a girl and she's got her arms crossed across her chest. And there's a bunch of girls, including Helen and Candace and Evelyn, who are all kneeled around the circle. And uh, Helen has a book out in front of her. She pulls out a book and it's in front of her. And all of the other girls, there's probably like four other girls around the circle as well. They all have their arms outstretched and they're, they've got two fingers extended and they're all putting their fingers underneath the girl lying on the floor. Oh, no. Oh, no. Mm. See this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I know this game. Everything gets really, really quiet. And Helen's like, shh, shh, shh. And she kind of gives you a wink, Blisco. And she's got this book out in front of her. This one is called Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board. We are going to make Joni levitate. And you can hear some of the girls on the side of the room kind of go, oh, and you can hear a couple of the guys guffaw and you can hear Zachary go, oh, I'd like to see that. Now. It needs to be very, very quiet. Please light the candles. And a match comes out, lights all these candles around the circle. One of the candles gets passed and some, there's some other candles in this room that all get lit. And as the last candle is lit, uh, somebody, you don't know who, turns off the main light switch to the room. And the room is bathed in a warm glow from these candles. And Helen's uh, starts to mutter something that nobody can understand. I mean, 
um, uh, Carlos, why don't you give me a languages check? That sure. would be, uh, what would that be? That's, uh, probably reason, reason and academia academics. Yeah. Reason plus academics D one. Uh, oh, zero successes. At first, you thought that this was a little bit of Latin. Then you thought maybe it was some Arabic. Mm -hmm. And then it just sounded like a bunch of gibberish. It's really hard to hear what she has said or what is going on. And the temperature in the room starts to get a little colder. Now, this could be because it's an old house and it uh, leaks air, you know, uh, like a sieve. And the cold night air may be seeping through this part of the house. But even with all these bodies in the room, you can feel the temperature get a little cooler. And then Helen says, okay, ladies, repeat after me. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. And then in unison, all the girls around the circle all go, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Repeat it again. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Again, keep repeating it. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. And the girl lying in the middle is is not moving at all. And the rhythm starts to generate kind of a, uh, you know, this, the chant starts to generate this rhythmic feeling throughout the room. And anyone who wants, you can look around and you can see some of the people on the side, outside of the circle, along the edge of the room, starting to sway with the rhythm and the beat of the girls in the circle saying light as a feather, stiff as a board, light as a feather, stiff as a board. And the, the, the tone and the pace starts to get faster and faster and faster until suddenly Helen says lift. And all the girls lift their arms up and Joni starts to levitate off of the floor and all the girls around the room are around the circle are just holding Joni with two fingers. Joni or yeah, Joni or the girl in the middle looks to be light as a feather and she is not bending or wavering at all. It's impressive that these girls can hold her up with just two fingers. Everybody give me a will plus resilience check D two. Uh, I'd like to use my dauntless. Um, okay. talent, which lets me buy a free, uh, die. Okay. Two successes. Two successes. Yeah. Two successes for Blisco. Two successes for Doc. Uh, two successes. Well, three successes, actually. Yeah. Three successes. Very good. So you get one momentum back. Heck yeah. What are each of you thinking as you're obso- uh, observing this, this ritual? Let's start with, uh, Blisco since you were the one that was lured into this uh, crazy game by Helen. Well, this is just kind of nervously watching everything going on without okay. any real reaction just yet, waiting for something, either the, the, the prank to finally hit him or something weird to act to, to really fully happen. Okay. Doc, what about you? I'm going to get a look at that book. Okay, you can do, I mean, Helen is holding it right now, but you Mm -hmm. can do an insight plus observation D1. Okay, let's see. 
one success. Uh, you are able to kind of move around the, the outside of the group mm-hmm. as all of this is going on. And as you look over the group down to Helen, you can see into the pages of the book. And indeed, this looks to be a an occult tome of some kind that you recognize as being part of the collection from the Orn Library on the Miskatonic campus. Hmm. Valentino, what do you think of all of this? Uh, I'm a little aware of these kids messing around with such stuff, but I'll just keep an eye out and make sure that uh, it's just innocent fun, at least so far. It looks to be innocent fun uh, so far. Why don't you do a um, insight plus observation check, D1? Alrighty. Uh, two successes. Two successes. Very good. I'll add another momentum back into your pool. You now have two. This feels like a semi-spur-of-the-moment game that people might play at a party if they're trying to be spooky and weird. It is the Christmas holiday season when spook stories are often told to scare people, and maybe this is part of that. And for the most part, you get the feeling that everyone here is doing this for fun. But you look across the crowd and the people in the circle, and there's probably one or two people that look to be taking this a little bit more seriously than everyone else. Carlos. What Carlos thinks about what just happened? Yeah, of what's going on. There's the there's a you know group of girls, like six girls. Mm-hmm. all holding this other girl up in the air with just two fingers. And this girl is stiff as a board and she appears to be light as a feather. Mm, as advertised. Yes. Um, Carlos is sitting there being like, I can't believe I couldn't recognize the root language of what they were saying. Hmm. <laughs> oh, oh but, also, but also magic stuff is happening, I guess. Yeah. And um, uh, so we rolled a, uh, a a like a, will a, plus like, resilience, it, yeah, like a keep it together check. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. did I did it feel like a wave of panic should have happened or was like starting to? So at the crescendo of them saying their their chant, you do feel something move through the room, and that could just be the nervous energy of everyone in the room. It mm-hmm. could be some kind of uh, psychic. Uh, emanation that are coming from these people that are caught up in their chant. It could be some real force that is trying to do something to the people in the room. As, as someone who has now seen multiple transdimensional aberrations and uh, been affected and unaffected by uh, the, the spookies. Mm -hmm. um, Can I, think about it and maybe try and tell if it was some sort of like uh s- like supernatural wave if it w- or if it was just that like everybody was like gasping at the same time you can like, do it, a re- no, nobody nobody like took off running right no nobody took off running okay yet um you could do a reason plus academia or you could do a reason plus observation uh let's do I guess let's do academia. 
Okay. Uh, uh, this will be a D1 as well. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a momentum if everybody's okay with that. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, one success. All right. You can tell that this is definitely real magic. Mm-hmm. You don't sense because you passed your, your will plus resilience check. You don't sense that this is malicious magic. Sure. But at the same time, you know, from what you've observed previously, what you know, what you've learned about magic through your interactions uh, with your past adventures, that this is magic. And yeah. you only know a couple of people that know how to do magic. And here's a group of girls that look like they know how to do magic. Hmm. And at that point, you hear Helen say, sisters, the spell is broken. The spell is undone. Lower our sister to the ground. And just as, as she says that, the, the girl that's been lying still the entire time drops relatively fast, but not hard onto the ground. And the entire room, you feel a giant whoosh. Everybody feels this whoosh so much so that all of the candles in the room go out simultaneously. And then you hear some people screaming. And then a light switch goes on and everybody's looking around. You see the girl on the ground sit up and she smiles. She goes, how was that? And everyone's like, suddenly that seems to break any kind of tension or fear that's been going on in the room. And everybody starts applauding. There's nervous laughter. Everyone is giggling. The girls around the circle get up and they're hugging each other and shaking each other's hands. Uh, Evelyn the woman with the very dark hair, the light, the white skin and the, and the blood red lips. She's like, where did you learn how to do that? Helen. And Helen is like, Oh, I got this book out of the occult section in the Orin library. And Evelyn is like, what? How did you get this book out of the special collections? That's locked up. <laughs> And Evelyn and Helen is like, well, if you really want to know and you can, and she pulls in Evelyn close and the two of them kind of start wandering down the hallway. Sadly, Blisco, she seems more interested in telling Helen or telling Evelyn, uh, what she, how she got the book than she is in talking with you at this very moment. I'm still going to follow her. Okay. Cause she's also the whole reason I was here. Yeah. Are you going to try to overhear anything? You're going to try to overhear the uh, conversation? If they don't like shove me away. Yeah. No, they're not shoving you away. They're kind of, uh, you know, Helen's got her arm around Evelyn and is kind of just talking with her in low words, but there's some other people that are kind of standing around listening as well. Uh, you can do a, let's do an agility, agility plus, observation d1 just so you can get in close enough to to hear what they're saying oh gross uh <laughs> gross you don't like getting close to girls or gross uh <laughs> gross that, that uh, my agility is eight and my observation is one. Oh, okay <laughs> yeah that's pretty bad uh, yeah <laughs> um in fact how about this there is such a thing in this game as a d0 meaning that you get this no matter what however if you want to roll to see if you can get momentum, you can do that. But 
you could also roll and get a complication. I mean, Boom. I'm okay with that. Okay. It's a trap. I'm, I'm aware. And I'm going to step on it and let the bear trap uh, eat my freaking ankle. <sighs> okay. <laughs> that sounds more entertaining. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, we'll try that. Zero nope. successes. That's okay. You still nothing bad still, happened. <laughs> yeah, nothing bad happened. But you also didn't get any momentum off of this. You're able to lean in, and you can hear uh, Helen talking to Evelyn, and she's like, "Listen, don't tell anybody, but there's a broken lock to the basement window on the north side of the library, and if you wait until the library closes, you can slip into the library and you have access." To everything, including the occult section. And Evelyn is like, no way. And Helen is like, yes, yes way. What about Napoleon? Well, let's just say that Napoleon is a big fan of hamburgers from Velma's diner. And she gives her a wink and she closes the book. And they both giggle and they turn and they see you, Blisco. And she's like, oh, Blisco, hello. What did you think of, what did you think of our little, little magic act? That was quite the thing. Quite I the know, sight. right? I know, right? I, I found this book not too long ago and it is just full of the craziest things. Like you can make a, a, a rat get up and do a dance. You can make somebody forget something that happened over the last hour. This is a very cool book. Make someone forget something? Yes. Huh. Seems like it might also be a little dangerous, though, right? I mean, I guess. I mean, nothing bad has happened yet, right? And look how much fun everybody had. True. Oh, I'm so glad you came to the party, Blisco. Me too. And she leans in like, you want to kiss me kind of lean in kind of thing. How oblivious is Blisco here? I don't know how oblivious is Blisco. How about you roll an insight plus, uh, oh my gosh, insight plus observation, I guess. Sure. Or insight plus resilience. Uh, which, which one do you want to go with? Probably insight plus observation, and we will yeah. make this a D1. Okay. <laughs> Blisco's not as oblivious as I would have expected. <laughs> yeah, you got a success on that? Good. Yeah, it's pretty clear she wants you to give her a kiss, that she's will, really into you. I, I, Blisco will lean in. And... Yay, and at that moment, as your lips meet, uh, one of the bulbs on the wall explodes in a shower of sparks. <laughs> And everybody kind of freaks out. And uh, Helen's like, well, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should go somewhere else. <laughs> and she leads you back downstairs. Okay. And the, the group upstairs also starts to head back downstairs. Certainly the explosion of the light bulb gets everybody a little bit more freaked out after everything that they've seen. Um, at one point, Helen is going down the stairs and there's a, like a, sofa table or a not quite an end table, but you guys know what a sofa table is, right? 
um, kind of a long, thin table. And, but it's that you usually put behind a sofa, but this one's up against the wall. And she sets the book down and, uh, she's, she takes Blisco by the hand and you two start to dance to the music, dance, dance to the music. Mm-hmm. Do we, do we see this? Yeah. Good. Yeah, sure. Everybody's kind of following down the stairs at the same time. It's kind of crowded as everybody's coming down. You hear some people downstairs going, what happened? What happened? Tell us all about it. And you hear some other people going, oh my gosh, you won't believe what I just saw. This girl just lifted off the ground. Like she weighed nothing. And then you can hear like Zach and, and, and Jack are like, oh man, bro. I don't know if I believe that. Gotta watch out for these witches, man. They can be bad news. Yeah, bro. Maybe we should get out of here before something bad happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what mom said? Stay away from them witches at, at Miskatonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. And you can see Zach and Jack kind of push their way outside the, the fraternity and head out into the night, even though these two dummies live at one cap uh, a, a keg. <laughs> They're probably going to go down and get like a grilled sticky and kill some time till everybody leaves. Yeah, or do kill have, somebody. Who knows? Do we have the ability to steal that book? I mean, sure, you can pick it up. It's right there. Valentino, get the book. Yeah, I'll slide on over and pick it up all right you pick up uh this spell book on the outside it says um um the great nato's party tricks for all <laughs> occasions <laughs> i see all right i'll just kind of flip through it sure uh inside you know one of the very first things uh there's a warning on the inside that says these tricks should not be attempted and except by a skilled practitioner of the way and you have been warned and it's written in very spooky letters and everything. And there's a pair of <laughs> eyes staring back out from the, the page of the book. And then as you flip through it, yeah, these appear to be just like mundane party tricks. Like there's the light as a feather, as stiff as a board. There's this one called uh, bloody Mary. Uh, there's this one that is, um, uh, what's the one called uh, that 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 all the that all the kids are into these days, Doc? <laughs> the one that all the kids are into. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's the one where uh, they make a snake appear out of a basket. Oh yeah, they've got that one is in there. There's yeah, the whistles, there's a, yeah. yeah, they've got uh, yeah pigs and whistles. That's another one that's in there as well. Yep. There's there's one that's that says make your friends forget for one hour. There's another one that's mesmerized small animals. And there's like just a dozen of these things that are in one here. One that'll turn and, your friend's pee blue and freak them Yeah, out there's not that one. That one's not in there, uh, unfortunately, oh. and uh, sadly. Oh, wow. Uh, I remember that, that would be a little bit, medical school. I'll be happy that would be, uh, yeah, that, that would be a little bit too adult for, for these uh, party games. But at the very end, you know, as you're flipping through this, you notice that this there's some weird symbols in here and some weird language that you don't quite understand, but you see something that kind of reminds you a little bit of the spell that you know. But that's about it. You can roll a uh, will plus resilience, D1. Uh, Ooh, one success and one complication. complication. Yeah. All right. So you have read through the book, you flip through it, you recognize it for what it is. You are concerned about the name, the great NATO's uh, party party tricks on the cover, but you realize that this is a real magic book and it probably shouldn't be out in, you know, general public's hands at the same time. 
this bothers you enough that you take one mental damage. Okay. There's just like this pain kind of throbbing right behind your left eye. It suddenly just starts up after you finish, after you finish flipping through the book. Mm. With that out of the way, the clock on the wall starts to strike 12. And you start to see some of the party goers gathering up their coats and heading out into the night. Is there anything else anybody wants to do at this point? Yeah, I'll make sure Blisco knows where to meet up with us. <laughs> Blisco, you find Blisco and Helen kind of in the corner of a room uh, sitting on a chair. And Blisco kind of has some lipstick on his left cheek and some on his right cheek and a lot of it on his lips. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, go by and say, well, we're taking off. Uh, Blisco, you want to meet for breakfast tomorrow? Yeah. All right. Helen? Yes, you. That was, that was just like a, like a bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She and couldn't then, remember your name. Yeah, okay, great. Fantastic. Uh, when it, uh, So he'll walk and basically walk out of her line of sight, but still on Blisco's, and he will like with two fingers point at his eyes and then point at her. And Uh, then, yep. And then like make my way back out. Okay. So you're, you're exiting out of the frat house. Yep. Okay. Valentino. Yeah, I'll follow Dutch. Okay. As you're getting ready to leave, uh, you hear Herbert say, Hey, thanks for coming. Yeah, nice meeting you. Yeah, don't be a stranger. Hope to see you again real soon. Yeah, we'll see. Don't know how long we'll be in town. Okay. And he seems uh, oddly weirded out by that comment. Doc, what are you doing? Uh, I'm sneaking out. You're sneaking out? Okay. As you're sneaking out the door, as you're sneaking out the door and you're walking down the front step, here comes Zach. And Jack, I told you we lived in this house. Yeah, shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and they go inside and they, and they close the door. Uh, let's oh go. Uh, you don't have to go into any uh, uh, lurid details, but um, do, do you uh, proceed with your, your, your romance or are you a gentleman and you walk her home and, uh, or are you doing something else? Gentlemen. Okay. And, and is there anything in particular that you want to, that you talk to her about as you're walking her home? It's not very far. It's like three doors down to the sorority. Gamma, gamma, gamma. (laughs) Uh, no, nothing in particular. Let her lead whatever conversations. Uh, Oh, this has just been the most wonderful night that I've had in such a long time we finally got this cool spell to work as a group. That was exciting. I got to drink maybe a little bit more than I should. And I got to meet a really cool guy tonight. I enjoyed myself as well. Oh, that's so good. Your friends keep saying that they're not going to be here for very long. Is that true? 
Yeah, we uh only came down for some specific information and then we're headed on to our next uh stop. Where's that? It's in Kentucky. Uh Oh. When when will you be back relatives. this way? Uh that depends on how everything else goes. Oh. And she seems very sad. Well, I've certainly had a good time. I did too. Is this this your address? Yeah, you can always write to me, Helen Hawthorne, H A W T H O R N E. You can always uh, just send it care of Gamma 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 here at Miskatonic University. I will. I hope to hear from you. Do you have a place that I can send you a mail? Do I have a place that she could send me mail? <laughs> Absolutely not. That is a good not. question. Definitely I mean, not. No. You are <laughs> technically in the military, so you could send it care of the military. Are yeah, we? send it to the Sarge. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I guess, like, Blisco, whatever. care of the army. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Wait, you're in the army? Yeah. No way. And she gives you a shove. This, my night is even better. Oh, and she kind of goes, and she gives you a big hug and an even bigger kiss. And she's like, I can't wait to tell the rest of the girls. Good night, Blisco. And she runs inside and slams the door. Well, I have a library to break into now. <laughs> oh, is that where you're going is to break into the library? I'm going to go find the rest of the guys and tell them exactly what the, <laughs> exactly how to break into the library and whether or okay. not. And then find out if uh, that's something we want to do just yet. Okay. So you head back to the uh, hotel. Oh, hello. Your friends have already uh, returned and they're upstairs, sir. Uh, thank you. Yes. Good night, sir. Head upstairs. I'm only here because I like doing this voice. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine that every time that guy pops out from behind the the desk, like all of us just pull out our pull out our pistols and point them at him, and then like we just like kind of like squint and then like slowly put them back. Who am I? All right, so you go upstairs, and uh, it's now like one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. I don't know how long you and Helen were talking, but. Um, it's late. That sounds oh. right. Uh, is anybody still awake? Um. So we left around midnight. And yeah. It's like one. It's like one or two. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, probably. Um. Definitely. Uh. Dutch. Like. Try to get a sketch of the circle. Oh yeah, this would be a just a regular pentagram. Yep. And uh is probably chatting to Valentino about it just like cuz yeah, cuz Valentino got to look at the book. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, Dutch and if if Doc wants to be in here too, then they're like probably drinking some coffee and just talking about what all they saw. Yeah, definitely. I think we should debrief. Yep. 
And then, you know, when Blisco comes in, we're all like, or at least that's just like, whoa, ho, ho. Yeah, in fact, the the studio audience is like, <laughs> And hopefully you at home also did that at the same time to make it feel like a, a real studio audience. Yep. <laughs> clap, clap on the bus. The other, uh, the other bus riders will appreciate it, I'm sure. Exactly. Yep. Like, wow. Oh, back home earlier than I expected. What do you mean? Uh, nothing. Have a seat. We're talking about the spell we saw. You about that? Uh, they stole the book from the library. I know how to get in. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that uh, simplifies one thing and complicates another. Because I feel like we were starting to get uh, somewhere with uh, Armitage and his daughter. Yeah, uh, I, my vote would be let's proceed with the diplomatic route and maybe keep that in the back pocket if things go south. Okay, mm-hmm. is that is that complicated to get in? No, there's a broken window. Okay, so just jump in through the broken window. Anything else? Uh, that was about it, wasn't it? Like there was one other. Uh, I caught I, one other thing. Rob woof, doesn't. Woof. woof woof. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The dog. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna have food on me anyway. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, a character was right from, now. Uh, uh, the dog likes the uh, burgers from Velma's. Okay, picky dog, I guess. I don't know. If he's picky. Thing he just has. Good taste. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Dutch has a pattern. He writes down gourmet dog. Well, uh, Doc knows. And maybe you do too, uh, Dutch, because you spent time in, in uh, Arkham. Vilma's Diner, kind of a little greasy spoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not fine dining by, by any means. Towny it is, dog. Yeah, it's, it's a towny, it's it's a towny greasy spoon, stick to your ribs kind of joint. Okay. You're in there and you order yourself a cheeseburger and some fries. So, oh. okay, yep, we'll keep that in our back pocket. Good to know. Um, anybody have any observations about what we saw? I mean, there seemed to be some bit of uh, authenticality to that book there. Yeah. I mean, I by now we've seen enough stuff that I could I can tell you that was real magic. That wasn't that wasn't a trick. Uh, my best guess is that uh, Great NATO is probably just cribbing from some more authentic sources without really knowing what he's doing when he's publishing that. I know it mm. sure seems that way. I mean, he borrowed symbology and bits and pieces from everywhere. It's- understandable that some of it might actually work yeah uh judging what a tenuous control the nazis seem to have over the things that they summon or create or whatever Mm -hmm. my guess is it's probably pretty easy to uh to think that you have full control of something and then have that get out of control so um you know maybe the great nato is not 
trying to disseminate like dark curses upon the world. He just thinks he just thinks he can handle it. <laughs> I suppose. Okay, so we'll meet up with Armitage tomorrow, and if that all falls through, we'll we'll talk about uh, having some burgers for dinner and maybe bringing one uh, one by the library later. Do I still have the book? You do. You have one book: The Great NATO's Party <laughs> Tricks. <laughs> okay. I'll just keep a hold of that. Okay. Keep it next to the mask, I guess. <laughs> All right. Critical Hit Punch Hall Nazis is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment and was produced and edited by me, Stephen Schleicher. If you would like to get a behind-the-scenes making of this episode, be sure to check out the GM Roundtable Octum Cthulhu Edition at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash majorspoilers. Each week I discuss my plans for the upcoming game session, and Dr. Brad Will is there to share his reactions and advice on how to be a better game master. I will warn you, though, there are spoilers galore in every installment of the GM Roundtable Octoon Cthulhu edition. So, if you don't like spoilers and don't want to know what I am planning next, don't listen to these episodes. Though, I will say, if you do listen, you'll be able to see how and where the players throw a wrench into my plans, and you're also going to have greater insight into the world that's being built into this campaign. Finally, we want you to record yourself doing your best on critical hit and send it to us at podcast at majorspoilers.com and your voice will join the growing chorus of fans in upcoming episodes as well. Thank you again for listening this week and here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. This podcast is copyright 2024 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.